stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hey, 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 and welcome to the 10th episode of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. That's right, this is the 10th episode, and so far we have had some very interesting talks and discussions on this show. From discovering who we are and what the show is about, to our first submitted ghostly encounter, and we are not done yet. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first nine episodes, be sure to do so by tuning in on any one of these listening platforms, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Anchor. For this episode, I have with me some very special guests who will be sharing with us their ghostly encounter and their own witness account of not one but multiple UFOs. So, Without a doubt, I'm not going to waste any more time because I want to get right into this. You may have seen them play at events like Burning Man, Lucidity Festival, and the House of Blues in Hollywood, California, right before they officially shut their doors. They are playing their way through the sound waves of Los Angeles and making a name for themselves in our hearts. Please give a warm ear to the band that truly cares about the environment, Blooming Fire. Blooming Fire, welcome to Into the Void. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm so happy you guys are here. This is amazing. So what I want to do is I'd like to do your uh, band announcements because I know you guys have some announcements you want to make. And then we'll get into the uh, ghostly encounter along with the save the best for last, the UFO encounter. First of all, let me just ask, who is all in the band? Because I know there's three of you, but I, th- I believe there's more. So there's five main members, and then we also play with a percussion player. So it's us three, Dryden Van Cleave, Ian Nagay, who's my brother, um, Sierra Nagay, I go by both. Okay. Um, our bass player is Alyssa Sanders, and our drummer is Robert Coe, Robbie Coe. And then our percussion player, who's a L.A. native, is uh, Louis how do you say his last name? Baragan, right? Baragan. Yeah. Oh, that's Badagan. exotic last name. <laughs> yeah, he's... Exotic plane, he's too. He's exotic. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. little quick summary. Uh, how did the band come together? Just out of curiosity here. So I met Dryden at a musician's jam party at our buddy Blue's house. I was coming from a concert and was very late to the party and was like, eh, I'm going to go anyway. I'll just wing it. So I grabbed my sax. I was coming from a Thievery Corporation concert and just went to like just hang out with friends and other musicians. And I got there for the last group jam. So there was like 30 musicians in the room. Dryden being one of them, he was on the keys. I played sax, last song. Everybody left the room except Dryden and the guy who owned the house, Blue, who used to be the drummer in our band originally. But when I met Dryden, I pretty much just laid it on him and was like, I want to make music with you. This is what I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. Like it was love at first sight when it comes to music, like musical musical soulmates. Like it was a really special connection. And then a month later we started making music and then started adding members. And my brother moved out here. We brought Robbie in. Like we've had a lot of some member changes, but the four of us, Robbie, Dryden, Ian and I, we've been in the band for almost all five years. Mm -hmm. And since we've been met, we've been playing every week 
one to five times a week for five wow. for five years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So let's uh, let's jump into. You said you had some announcements you want to make. So go ahead and uh, and lay it on us. A good way to like keep an updated with us because we're always adding shows and adding little things is to follow our Facebook or our Instagram. If you type in Blooming Fire, anything blooming like a flower blooms and then fire, you'll you'll find our shows. We we keep it pretty updated. That's awesome. I know this isn't actually one of the questions I had, but I just was recalling something. I remember seeing your Facebook and you guys do like an environmental beach day cleanup type thing. Yeah. So we wanted to arrange a beach cleanup for Earth Day this year, but Ian's going to be competing in like a downhill longboarding festival type oh, of thing. So nice. he does he does downhill longboarding. Okay. So for actual Earth Day, we're not going to be doing it. But have you heard of the trash tag thing that's that going sounds, on? Yeah. So pretty much like what people are doing, it's like a hashtag that's going around the internet is they're like taking a photo of a trash area and then they take a picture of yourself like with it and then when it's cleaned and you just clean an area oh, nice. randomly. So we're going to be doing like a blooming fire day where we go out and we're going to do like a couple areas oh, and do some trash tags. That but sounds like fun. We'll definitely have some beach cleanups coming up this summer okay. um, through Heal the Bay. We do all of our beach cleanups through Heal the Bay. Awesome. Um, we adopt a beach. So we'll have three this year. We just haven't announced the dates for that yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely look forward to that. That that sounds like a lot of fun in these places that you guys are going to be playing at. Oh my gosh! I just can I just follow the tour? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the two stories that Dryden over here had been uh, telling me about. We've been talking back and forth through social media. Uh, you sent me two of those stories, which creep me out on every level. And when someone can send me a story that creeps me out, that tells me that there's definitely <laughs> something there. So Dryden, why don't you go ahead and kind of give me a summary of the paranormal activity story and we'll get into a little bit of that and then we'll get definitely into the UFO story. Yeah, for sure. Quite a few stories to tell in my day. Um, <laughs> back, um, in my day. <laughs> back in my yeah, don't, day. Don't get him started. Don't get him too started here. <laughs> I didn't become a wizard for nothing. And, yeah, these experiences kind of shaped me into being a wizard. Yeah, so this story in particular, the one that we're focusing on now... I guess about six, seven years ago, uh, I was seeing a girl um, who lived on this side of town, like Hacienda Heights, and her aunt uh, was very well off. She worked in the city council, and she owned a house. Um, uh, there's a an expo center over there in City of Industry, and if you, you pass the expo center, you keep going up the hill. At the top, there's like this remote location where these like really nice, luxurious houses, and you can see the entire San Gabriel Valley from up there. Mm. downtown LA on the horizon and at night it's a beautiful amazing array of lights on a um, beautiful clear night when there's no smog when there's no smog <laughs> yeah yeah once in a blue moon right <laughs> there was a, a moment in time where her aunt had asked uh, my girlfriend's name at the time is Jenny and asked Jenny to have us house sit at this house so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to sort of uh, you know spend some quality time together and get a little whiff the life of luxury um, I was really looking forward to it, really excited. First night, we're uh, just chilling out, and we noticed uh, as it started to get a little later, there was like some creaks and cracks going on in the level above us. Don't really think anything much of it, you know, probably just something in the HVAC system. Or, uh, but it was definitely, it was kind of creepy. Uh, we, just, we just kind of wrote it off. But then there was like this thump, like a boom. And we're like, okay, uh, that is highly unusual. And I was just worried that there was somebody else in the house at that point in time. So uh, being the man of the house, uh, I grabbed a baseball bat and uh, I went up there and the, 
in the next level and checked it out. There wasn't anything off kilter, everything seemed fine. Uh, went to sleep and we slept in the master bedroom. It was really weird because there was a king size bed in there which faced like these mirrors, closet door mirrors. And they say uh, you're not supposed to face your bed towards mirrors like that. Yeah, yeah when you wake up, you shouldn't be looking at yourself. Right, yeah, yeah. There's like a whole, there's actually a whole entire thing about that, superstitious wise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The feng shui. Feng yeah, shui. exactly. Yeah. It throws off your feng shui. Not feng shui. <laughs> um, but I remember just like having some really eerie dreams that night. And when I woke up in the morning, uh, I went to go take a shower, and it went from, like, searing hot to ice cold. And uh, I went and checked the water heater, and the flame had gone out somehow. Uh, so that was the first night. You know, nothing, you know, highly unusual. It was just a little odd. I was feeling a little creeped out. It was the next night where things started getting really weird. So we went out for ice cream, and when we came back, the sliding glass door was wide open. And I specifically remember locking everything up really well before we left i mean we're in charge of this this you know umpteen million dollar house of course they're gonna lock up before you leave right and then we start hearing some creaks and it sounded like footsteps like thump 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 above her head i'm like okay great now someone's in the house i told jenny i said be prepared to call 911 grab the baseball bat again i went up there and i noticed that one of the bedroom doors was opened all those doors were closed so i was i was just really scared that someone was in the house and you know i, I was kind of fearing for my life but you know i'm like i'm i'm gonna go in there and, and check this out so i'm slowly making my way through the dark like and then i go into the, the bathroom and the light was on and the shower door i was so worried that there was some someone behind that shower curtain and I just, of course, in a dramatic fashion, just retracted the shower curtain. The psycho moment, just right, pulling yeah. the curtain back, yeah. <laughs> N- nothing there. <laughs> uh, we're hanging out, and then those, those noises keep happening. Uh, but this is when things kind of really take a turn for the, the worse. We were kind of fooling around, and all of a sudden, there was like a big, like a, a, another like thump on the wall we stopped what we were doing and it was it was you know those moments where it's kind of like deer in the headlights you just, yeah you're, you're paralyzed oh, yeah. with fear it was one of those moments and uh we were taking care of a golden retriever as well uh, the golden retriever uh was a really mellow dog but it, it got really freaked out by what was happening and it went over to the bottom of the stairs and that's when we, we could actually feel like this energy. I knew there was something there. There was a presence in the house. I could feel it. I felt this before throughout my life and the umpteen paranormal experiences I have experienced. But I just knew that there, there was something there. There was something that was not right. And we're just kind of waiting, you know, in anticipation of what, what's going to happen next. And then the dog just retracts its teeth and its ears back and just starts barking. Like I've never heard like it Just barking at nothing? Barking at the top of the stairs. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like we knew something was there. And um, I ended up calling the dog back over, calming the dog down, like trying to calm ourselves down. Um, naturally, at that point, I, I'm telling my girl, we need to get out of the house. I mean, there's obviously something in this house that doesn't want us to be here. And it seems to only get uptight when we're affectionate with each other. Hmm. 
Very strange, yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah. funny. Naughty, naughty. You yeah. know, it's, it's funny, actually, you mentioned that, because I have read so many stories and gotten a lot of stories through emails where people have become intimate, and then all of a sudden something happens. So I have a theory on that, but let me let you finish first before I give you my, my thoughts on that. I'd be interested to hear that one, G-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, shall. <laughs> right on, right on. Things really started getting weird that night. I was having just absolute terrifying dreams. Can you recall um, some of the dreams that you had? I vaguely remember, not in detail, but I do remember that they were taking place in an older time, and it seemed to be taking place around where the house was. Hmm. So I'm wondering, what if it this is on like some okay. barrel ground of some kind? I don't know what to think. I, I woke up repeatedly throughout the night, you know, in cold sweats, and we kept hearing those noises. And you'd literally hear somebody walk across. It wasn't like just, you know, that could be a footstep. It was like somebody walking across the top level. And then you hear it, boom. And I was just, I couldn't wait to get out of that house. You know, I couldn't wait to get up at the crack of dawn and go to work. I usually don't look forward to going to work, but staying there, I did. And nothing seemed to happen during the day. It was Hmm. only later at night. So it kind of culminated the next night when we walked in there, all the cabinet doors were opened at the same angle in the kitchen. Hmm. It hmm. was very, very creepy. I'm like, okay, it's almost like, are they pointing at something? Like, what's going on here? Right, yeah. How, like, everything to be open with that kind of precision. Uh, it's just very odd. And, I mean, at that point, it's, it's like, okay, you know, what are we in store for now? Jenny wouldn't let us leave because, you know, we, we had to stay there and, and house sit. And we had to stay there with the dog and we had nowhere else to put the dog. So finally, the last night, that's when I had a a straight up night terror and sleep. I experienced sleep paralysis. It it was weird. It was almost like an out of body experience where I felt like I was leaving my body where I could see, but my eyes were actually closed. Right. And I remember looking at my girl and she was kind of awake and I felt she sensed that something was wrong with me. And then I felt this pressure on my chest and it just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I just, I couldn't, couldn't shake that. Almost like you're, you're being pushed down, like sinking all into the bed. Yes, okay. exactly. But it was against my chest and, it, and then it started constricting my breathing. So I couldn't breathe. And then I, I mean, I'm like, I'm in trouble here. If I can't get a breath soon, I'm going to die. Like I, I'm seriously going to die. And this is the one and only time I've actually experienced sleep paralysis. I know my girlfriend actually said that she experienced many times, never in that house, but she said she experienced that. And now here I am. And it took every ounce of energy to shake that and, and fight off whatever was pushing down on me. But that was like a, the, what I projected was a power that I'd never really felt before. It was mm-hmm. just like this sudden moment where I'm fighting for my life and I'm gonna get through this. Just yeah. throw it off. You're trying everything in your power to get up or trying to move something of, of your body and it's just not, it's not allowing you to. Yeah, that sleep paralysis stuff is... It's really scary, and I I can relate definitely because I went to Rio Hondo Community College, and I stayed up in the green room to sleep, I think, because I was super tired from a class or whatever, slept on this couch, and everyone always talked about how there's a ghost in the theater, and if you ask anybody, anyone will tell you there's always a ghost in the theater, but this one, like, there was a particular feeling that you get when you get go in this green room, so I lay on this couch, this set prop couch, lay down, take a nap, and I swear within the hour... It felt like somebody had come to sit on me, and I was doing everything in my power to move my body, and it just was not happening. Yeah, it was, and scary. like breathing well, was hard. Uh-huh. And finally, like there was this moment in my head where I'm yelling, "Get up, get up, get up!" And I finally am able to get up, and it's like I can breathe again. I left that room, never went back in there after that. Yeah. Oh, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not no. fun. 
Not at all. So when I fought off this demon or whatever it was that was pressing down the core of my being, I shot up. Like, I sat up and took, like, the biggest breath I've ever taken in my entire life. Like, I was almost, like, drowning kind of breath where you come to the surface. And, of course, scared the hell out of my girl. And she's like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel like I almost died. And the mirrors started shaking. Oh. And the TV turned on. And it was snow in the TV. And it was three, three, three. I kid you not. The time was Ooh. three, three, three. And so I'm you like, got the witching hour. Basically. The witching hour. Yeah. Straight up. I'm like, this is probably one of the most terrifying moments of my life. And yeah, thank God this is the last night. That was it. We made it through. Yeah, what? I mean, what'd you do? <laughs> It's just, this is all happening, and you're just like, well, let's go back to sleep. That, that's basically what we did. It's like, well, if we're going to die at this point, it's just going to happen. So we actually, <laughs> we weren't able to go back to sleep. I mean, we tried. Nothing else happened that night after that. Um, other than the creaks, you know, we heard like some creaks and occasional little mild thump. That was like the, the climax of the whole thing. And but what I found most peculiar was when uh, her aunt came back and she questioned her about that and told her about the experiences that we had. Her aunt's response was, what have you guys been smoking? Because she had no idea, said never experienced anything out of the ordinary whatsoever. There was a, her aunt's child lived in the house. He had Down syndrome, and she lived with her, uh, an older son and, and husband. Oh, okay. And all of them seemed to be utterly baffled. And, and this course, has never we, happened to them at all? From what they, what they told us, no. Wow. And, uh, of course, uh, we hadn't been smoking anything, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> a couple beers on the occasion. But, um, yeah, yeah but even, that, even that wouldn't, wouldn't no. be enough to, to no, justify. No, and the dog barking like that at nothing. And, yeah. And its That's, eyes, too. Like, I'll never yeah. forget yeah. how black those dogs' eyes looked. Like, they were super dilated. I don't think I've ever seen more terror and fear on an animal's face in my life. Oh, man. Oh. Just I the get house chills. Alone. Just yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would not have been staying. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Knowing me, the dog going to a hotel. Knowing me, I would have stayed and probably done an investigation. Okay. And, <laughs> got you some know, candles. Right. And got stuff. candles, and you know, tell her, whoever's staying with me, tell them to leave so I can get the Ouija board out. You know, just the normal stuff that I do. <laughs> that's that's creepy. That's yeah, absolutely we, uh, creepy. we declined house sitting the, the following summer. <laughs> hey, you want a house sitting? I'm good. Thanks. I've had my share of paranormal, so um, I'm going to go over here and play my music. Thanks. <laughs> right on, man. Well, okay. So all of that that happened to you really made me want to dig in more. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't find very much history or paranormal activity uh, where the house is located uh, in that city, but I can tell you that I there's a couple things here that I, I caught that might justify what happened. I can't say it, it is, but let me just clarify some stuff. So you're house sitting for your girlfriend's aunt. Mm -hmm. Every time you and your girlfriend became intimate, things would happen. Yes. Now, was it just during the intimacy or was it like other times in the kitchen or like getting a snack or anything else? Well, I mean, you know, the whole um, coming home from being out, It's that happened twice. And you said you felt... Fine or, or worse? Well, when we came home, well, no, we felt good when we came back, and but finding the doors open and the, the noises come from upstairs, like it's not like we came in being affectionate with each other. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we definitely, when we were sleeping, we weren't being affectionate with each other. Okay. Um, it did instigate, it seemed like instigated uh, what happened on the stairs there, which was just next level scary. Yeah. Um, and, yes, I mean, that, that was the most intimate we've been with each other the entire week when that okay. happened. Okay, no, no, that's fine because... Um, the three possible theories that I have for what happened to you 
before I get into this, because I, I really want to, but I, I have to ask you, you said that you had experienced paranormal stuff before the house, or was that the first time and then it just continued on after that? No, I, I had definitely, I've been experiencing paranormal activity since I was a child. Okay. And I grew up in the, the foothills of the Appalachians. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're actually, all three of us are from the Appalachians. Really? Well, we're from Ohio, so we're like the far foothills of it, but. Oh, Ohio. And I'm from memories. Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Ohio's nice. Yeah. Really I just nice. learned never to wear sandals and a t-shirt and shorts in the wintertime when going to visit a friend. In Ohio. Yeah, you'll learn in that Ohio. real quick. <laughs> Yeah. And they made us get off the plane to walk into the terminal. Oh, that wow. Was, I've never yeah. had to get off the plane. In, oh, oh. one time in Ohio, have you? I had all those looks like, oh, he's from California. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah, you get a lot of snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. But it's beautiful, though. I love it. It's a lot so of paranormal beautiful. activity in Ohio. That and Georgia. Oh, wow. And I've yeah. mentioned it before in a couple episodes, but yeah. I've. But getting back to this. So you said you've had paranormal experiences oh, yeah. pretty much growing up all your life. I have three titles here to where it could have been this. It could have been just your regular average ghost, which is not really regular and average, actually. There's also there's a chance that you could have had a poltergeist in that home. And there's a chance that you could have had a demon in that home. Now, the reason being is this. For a ghost, ghosts like to make their presence known by sight. They're, they are able to speak, but it's usually through like, you know, EVPs, electronic voice phenomenons, or some sort of device like a uh, spirit box, which is basically a box that just goes through a bunch of channels, radio waves, and it picks up little sentences or little words here and there, which then kind of helps you justify what the ghost is trying to say. Was there any change in temperature in any of the rooms, just out of curiosity? Um, I mean, there was slight changes, but a lot of times I feel like I, it was me getting goosebumps and feeling creeped out, which created okay. me feeling a, like kind of cold. But it wasn't but anything. the shower. Yeah. Oh, the shower was. That changing temperature. Yeah, yeah. But as far as air is concerned, yeah, the water, that was very weird. And like the flame going out, like how did that flame, how can you ex explain that flame going out when it did? Yeah. So, you know, there are times where when it comes to a water heater, the flame actually, like I have one where the flame okay. goes out out it doesn't stay on because either it's not enough gas or something disrupt the gas flow to come through so that can kind of be debunked as more of a technical issue uh, but at the same time that is a little odd though that it would jump straight to cold without like a toilet flushing or you know a sink being turned on or something so that is a little odd for that to happen and you can't say that that happens a lot to those pilots so again it does it's in that factor of paranormal so ghosts can actually bring uh, or spirits can actually bring a certain type of smell. I call them smemories. Uh -huh. uh, basically, it's just a smell that reminds you of something. On the Queen Mary, you've got a cigar smell that shows up randomly because I guess a captain used to smoke a cigar all the time. For Alcatraz, there's a lot of cigarette smells that, that pop up. So I don't know if you guys had any odors or any like really weird smell like when you got up really early in the morning to go to work and then you smelled something that maybe smelled like rotten eggs or you know, a cigarette or something. I have in other experiences, but this particular one, no. Okay. There was no okay. odor. Yeah, they also, they're also called phantom smells. Mm -hmm. So the second thing I have here is that there's a, it's quite possibly a poltergeist. Uh, reason being is because you said you kept hearing thumping noises, really loud bangs, which poltergeists are known to be noisy ghosts, basically. You didn't mention anything being thrown, but you said no. it sounded like something had fallen or that someone had banged on the wall. Very aggressive. It sounded like a large weight was just dropped on the floor. Like, it was very aggressive. Okay. A very aggressive, like, boom. So it looks like yeah. we're leaning towards Poltergeist right now because you also talked about you and your girlfriend at the time, Jenny, correct? Yes. You guys would be intimate and all of a sudden something would happen. And there is a big thing for Poltergeist, which is known as the disrupt of physical environment. If a Poltergeist is in the room and it's 
sees whether you're sitting down watching TV, you're just hanging out with friends, you're becoming intimate, whatever. For some reason, it has this role of disrupting everything. Almost like it doesn't want you to be happy. If it can't be happy, you can't be happy. That's a pretty high high possibility right there. Also, uh, they're known for scratching, biting, attacking, harassing uh, human victims. So you guys were harassed by noises. Yes. And you never got scratched or anything? No random, like... No, there was nothing, like, no physical... There wasn't, like, any scratches or bruises on. But, I mean, the sleep paralysis, it felt like there was an evil demonic presence pushing against my being. I I thought I was going to implode or get pushed to another realm or just simply die. So definitely when that happens to you, the sleep paralysis, your brain starts doing the fight or flight light instance so that's where you start to become nervous and scared and worry that you're going to die that's perfectly normal because anyone that goes through sleep paralysis you're going to have those thoughts regardless the last one here i'm going to have to rule out as a no because it doesn't seem like it's that high in for a demonic type of uh entity in, in the house but definitely it had some insidious and malevolent nature feeds off emotional energy and fear which is what you were giving Yes. Plus, especially the dog. I know animals can, you know, they have that sixth sense, so they can tell whether something is disrupting their senses. And for a dog to show its teeth to something that's not there, that definitely plays off as demonic or poltergeist. They prey on people with physical and emotional weakness. Whether you know or not that you were mentally going through something, it could have been feeding off that. And also, there's this whole thing about how when it's a demon, most demons try to possess you, try to, you know, invoke your soul or whatnot. That's not always the case. And especially for this story, it doesn't sound like that's the case. If that ever was, you would know because you'd have to be willing to invite it into you, basically. They can't just jump into you and be like, I'm possessing your body now. There's nothing you can do about it. What they do is they try to weaken you first by making it seem like you're hearing things, making it seem like you're seeing things. Then you start to see stuff. And then if you try to explain it, people are like, oh, you're just crazy. And that's when when someone tells you you're crazy, your emotional side starts to come down a little bit and it's got you. Mm, And that's when the possessions will start to happen or semi-possession, which is your emotional side is being taken over. And then a full possession is when you have no control anymore. But- I'm going to have to rule in a poltergeist at that house. Now, I didn't find anything like Native American burial ground or, you know, actually, it's going to be discussed in another episode called a Dibbit Box. There was no actual physical thing that was ever shown. No records were shown of any deaths around there. So I'm not too sure about that. But because you have had paranormal experiences younger, there is a very high chance that something could have been attached to you. Great. Creepy? Yes, I know. So, <laughs> been there, done that, not fun. Read well, the book. I Good luck, Dryden. Only a matter of time, family. Now, Before here's the, here's the thing, though. Oh, wait. Are you, are you <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> so, the thing is, is that if something is attached to you, and it's been attached to you for a while, there's a thing called a jealous spirit. And that is, it's so used to being around you, and it's so used to growing up with you and knowing your lifestyle, that when someone else comes in, On an emotional level, it becomes jealous. So there is a possibility because like you said, you and your girl at the time were becoming intimate. There's a possibility that that spirit that was attached to you was starting to become jealous and thus causing the bumping and the loud bangs and the mirror shaking and the TV turning on. But again, that also rules in the poltergeist moments too. So that could play. Now, I'm not a full expert on this. I wish I was, but I'm not. It's just. But wouldn't you have experienced other things with her then? You know, there's a chance, yes, that you can. And there's also a chance that, no, you won't. 
it all really I, I wish there was a device that you could like pull up the spirit that's with you just to kind of get a better sense as to what it is but unfortunately all we can do this these days is just you know the evps and the sound box and all that so you to have more of an experience than she did tells me though that whatever it was has been with you for a while now, whether it's good or bad, I can't tell you. It seems like it's not as bad as it would be, though, because, I mean, you've been with your band for a while and you've been doing tours and playing. I know uh, for the tour story, you guys had a couple breakdowns, but I don't think that would be in relation to in a spirit. Um, I think that'd just be a natural occurrence. But, yeah, I mean, there's so there's a high chance that you just continuously have a spirit either watching over you or having some sort of jealousy within that time of the relationship and the house sitting. So that again, that's just my theory on that. I don't really know if it is true or not. I would love one day to actually go to that house and do a full investigation. That would be great. So let's get into the tour because uh, I read that tour and that was kind of creepy where you guys ended up. And it's one of those like, what are the odds? <laughs> I didn't even know that's where we ended up until like we were just talking about it over okay. the weekend because he was like kind of going over like the whole story again. I mean, from <laughs> it seemed like everybody, everyone, when we were telling the story, because we were in Mammoth celebrating um, our drummer's birthday this past weekend, but everyone there was like, that story, like how nice everybody was to you, that seems like off-putting. It very, it really is How much people yeah. were helping us. They were driving us places and this and that. And I'm like, maybe I'm just naive, which I'm not usually naive, but I was like, after all the crap we had been through, I was like, Thank you, universe, you yeah. know, but let them tell the story because it's their story. But. Yeah. Okay. So let's, no, you're, yeah. You're in this too. You're let's would, hear this. I this is interesting. The, she wasn't bit. conscious, but she was there. I mean, I, I heard you guys. <laughs> yeah. She, anyway. Falling asleep. To the, <laughs> falling asleep to the madness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, go ahead. Um, Give us, I guess, you know, like you were with the other story. Go ahead and give us a summary of what happened. Well, we ended up at this, we, as, as you mentioned, we were having uh, quite a bit of car trouble, and we found this rem mechanic in this remote part of the state in Colorado. Now, we were driving up, we were going up north to Denver. We, our next show was in Denver. And but we had two days off. Yeah, we, we had two days off, oh, so okay. it, the stars kind of aligned for us to actually have this work done. Uh, so we, Sierra made some calls, and we ended up dropping off the van at this mechanic in a re remote location. It was like a, kind of like a prairie. It was like a, a prairie in this Amish community. We were in like the sand dunes. So we were in between the great sand dunes and Denver. And I'm like, okay, where can we go? That's like on the way. And this was the first place that I even called actually wow. as well, which is kind of weird. This is first like place. turning out to be the best horror movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty more where that came from, G-Man. It had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. This summer, Blooming Fire experiences their own personal UFO experience. Yes. In theaters soon. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we ended up dropping the van off. Of course, there's no lifts or Ubers or even taxi services. Well, here, let me tell this part of it. Because, yeah. okay, so <laughs> I find this campsite that we're going to camp at, like, up in the mountains. Because we actually planned this whole, like, waterfall hot spring hike that we actually ended up having to forfeit because we needed to get the ball joints changed. So we didn't actually break down. Okay. Um, the breakdown happened earlier. It was at uh, old tires, and we got the new tires, but the guys that put the tires on were like, oh, your ball joints, you want to keep an eye on them. So every time we'd, like, refill gas, Robbie would be band dad. He'd be checking the ball joints. And by the time we were this far into the trip, we checked the ball joints. He was getting, he's like, they're way too worn. I, I don't feel comfortable, like, going all the way to 
Denver, going all the way to Vegas, going all the way back to LA, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of miles you're yeah. putting on that thing, yeah. So, and we already had been through a lot. We already missed one show because of the tires. So we're like, we can't miss anything else. So, you know, I called these people up. They're like so nice on the phone, like just great. And I find us a new camping spot where we could hike without having to drive anywhere. We could hike from the camping area. I'm like, okay, this is great. It's like, didn't know exactly how we were going to kind of get back and forth because again, we're in the middle of nowhere. There are no taxis. So Robbie drops all of us off at the campsite, all the gear, the camping gear, all the food, everything. So we start making camp and getting settled and he goes and drops the van off. So the guy agrees, he actually gets someone else there, like this other friend that's getting work done on the car. He's like, oh, well, will you give him a ride back to the campsite? And the guy says, yes. He even drives Robbie to like stop and get extra firewood, extra water. Wow. He like drove him a couple places, which like, again, it could have been the kindness of his heart, which is a beautiful thing. And I want to believe that people are like that in the world. Right, yeah. But drives Robbie back. And then the mechanic also arranged for the girlfriend to pick him up in the morning when the vehicle was done. So wow. that leads you to when we're dropped off at the campsite. Okay. Um, this is still early in the day. We got there pretty early and decided to go hiking. So we once Robbie got back, we still went out and went hiking, had a whole beautiful hiking adventure, came back. I made us like a full-blown gourmet campfire meal you could imagine awesome. when you're on tour. Right, yeah. But on anyway, point. we all settled down, and I'm like, all right, I'm zonked. Alyssa and Robbie are already in bed. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go lay down, and then so it's just Ian and, and Dryden left her on the fire, and I'll let Dryden and Ian uh, take over from there. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So we're uh, letting the food digest, and Ian and I start connecting, and we start sharing some of the various paranormal experiences that we've had throughout our life. Uh, the one we just disgust was in there sorry where we were at was like up in the mountain and overlooking the whole town oh wow so you could okay. see the whole little town that we were at so and you like had stars a great view all above. Oh, yeah, yeah like right where we were sitting it was and a it's big not like we're deep in the woods we're like on the edge of this mountain like okay. where the campsite was so it was really an interesting star view and city view okay yeah you could see out like 50 miles and it was like this vast prairie and then on the other side of the prairie, it was the foothills of the Rockies. So you and I, we were just watching this view. Also, I need to add that uh, some neighbors, this, we were in a, a remote, the campground was closed. <laughs> yeah, the water wasn't even running. Couldn't even get water out of the faucets or oh, anything. Wow. So it's kind of weird that anyone was even staying here at this time because it was just about when it was starting to get cold, super cold. Yeah, like when we first got dropped off, there was probably one other people and they had like a whole RV and they were like kind of farther away. It wasn't like there was a lot of people camping or anything. We were totally like out there on our own. Wow. Go on. <laughs> were they, you said, and it was just you guys at the campsite? Yeah, just yeah. our okay. group. I mean, we weren't traveling with anyone else, just us and our dogs. Okay. And then, it was a pretty big campsite. Like it wasn't. Like yeah. you, you're driving through the roads to be able to pick whatever campsite you, oh, you camp okay. at. So for them to pick the exact campsite, he's talking about the neighbors. To that yeah, the neighbors that showed yeah, up. Not, okay. not the RV. Yeah, the gotcha. neighbors that just showed up randomly. They and they showed up late, randomly in the middle of the night. This which was already happens, by the time that we're cooking our meal. Oh wow! Which is kind of like I mean, and they could have picked any anybody, site. Yeah, anybody, yeah. Yeah. Right like, next there's to there's like a lot right of sites available. Wow. Right next to us. Yeah, it was uh, it was really strange. We were kind of getting some weird vibes over there. They had a roaring fire going. 
there was just something that was that was off. You know, when you can just sense an energy with people, mm-hmm. even if you're not communicating per se, you can just kind of sense it. And there was just something. I don't know what it was. It was just kind of very otherworldly mm. coming next door. I, I was like, I don't know why I'm. Well, feeling tell them about the noises. Well, yeah. First of all, the fire just started out of nowhere. That's kind of what I feel like caught her eye. Oh, like you didn't see stuck. anybody? They were there, but it was just like, I feel like you would see a fire start small and then them and throw then big stuff on, but oh, it was wow. just instantly big, and he had this giant stick that he was, like, stabbing the fire with, like, what? giant. Like, I'm talking about, like, a tree, like, part of a tree, not, like, a stick. Like, oh, my gosh. So I feel like that's kind of what caught our, my attention, at least. Um, and that, that roaring fire suddenly went out. Just done. Like, like a light switch off. That was after the noises we started hearing, though. Yeah, these yeah. noises. What were these noises you were hearing? <sighs> they're were, they were otherworldly. I don't know. They weren't like a language that I've heard before, like Spanish or anything like that. And it definitely wasn't English. It just sounded more or less like tones. Like, Whoa. like I don't even know. Like, it, no, it was like, like kind of like a murmur, like kind of like this. Yeah, exactly. Like moaning? Or? Kind of, but k- kind of like moaning. As if like, like they were talking quietly, but without actual words kind of we kind of we went through all of these different possibilities right. like, and we're like it's through each other we're like we're like, like yo maybe they're just talking quietly we can't hear them we're not paying attention then we went through the thought process of uh they were talking it, about it they're like what could it be and yeah like, it sounded weird like moaning too so we were like all right maybe maybe they're having sex and it's getting a little too far like the guy right. got too drunk and he's getting too hands-on but i remember telling dryden i'm like if that's happening right now that girl's gonna be saying no but there was no no words coming out wow. no words coming out but as soon as i said that to dryden i'm like don't you think that she would be saying like no don't do that stop as soon as we said that that was the first words that wow. we heard that was no the only word. that was the only don't word do that, that. stop like that though, not like it was like talking like we are. Like I feel like we have like tones and like it was just like very like no stop. Huh. Okay. <laughs> right after we're like and we're, when we were discussing it, it's not like we're we're speaking loudly so they they can hear yeah, us. We're whispering like, to each other. We're like, we're like, we're like oh, we're okay. trying to figure this out. We're like yo. Like, what's happening oh, over there, you know? Like, it was just, like, a weird coincidence for everything that happened after. Right. Uh, so it was right around that time where we saw our first UFO of the evening. Explain that, because I remember reading about you saw lights, amber lights. Yeah, and, um, you know, the name of our tour is Amber Waves, and amber, the color seemed to be a predominant theme throughout the entire duration of our trip. Uh-huh. Uh, even that day when we went on the hike, you know, the hills were all amber-like. and All the sunsets, the, sunsets the, moon, amber, the moon was amber. Amber every yeah. night. What are the odds of like, that, though? And I mean, this is early fall, by the way. Okay. Um, I mean, that is why we called it the Amber Wave yeah, Store. That's right. that's smart. That's real smart. Because of the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of caught our eye, and we felt drawn to this this light. We weren't sure what we were seeing yet. You know, you when you catch something in your periphery. Uh, so we ran to the edge of our campsite uh, where you could see that view going out about 15 miles or so, and we're just kind of watching for a second. And then another, we see it clearly for the first time, an amber orb. It shoots out of the top of the mountains, the foothills on the other side of the prairie, and it travels, goes to our left, travels down towards the, the town, this tiny little Amish town. There was a few lights in that town, and it got lower and lower and lower, and then shot off towards the town and just disappeared about halfway through the town. Whoa. And I remember Ian and I, we were really excited. Like, we weren't creeped out. We <laughs> yeah, were actually, like, bringing on. Yeah, it was instantly intrigued. 
Yeah, and oh, we were gosh. just talking about all these stories that we've had. And we were talking about UFOs. All of them. And Shapeshifters, UFOs, folklores. And it was just instantly, like, as soon as we started talking about all this crazy stuff that happened, Dryden was like, yo, did you see that? And the neighbors what? pulling up at the same time and, like, the weird vibe with <laughs> what them. What are the like, odds of the that? Yeah. The whole energy of the whole moment was getting... It's definitely not a coincidence, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, synchronicity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Synchro destiny. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> so it didn't stop there, G Man. Um, it was one orb after another. It's not like I've had plenty of experiences where, you know, you've seen that one seen orb in, one, the, in the sky. One time. And right. That's and you guys it for were the even night. like, is it a car? Is it a satellite? Like they were like talking about All the, the possibilities. possibilities. I was, still, possibilities, awake. Yeah. You know? I was yeah. still awake in my tent and I heard them like saying, all of this they're like well are you sure is it is it and then they like confirmed like no like this is like the way it was moving and everything i love how sierra said she was tired and then she's like, like listening can, to you guys the entire you time they're talking about i'm like should i go back out there i'm like i was like, really hoping fools. the rest of the band was gonna join i was hoping that everyone heard us and was gonna wake up and watch this phenomenon with us um but they didn't it was just ian and myself and uh it was one ufo after another and i'm in my logical side i'm trying to find a logical explanation for what we're seeing mm-hmm. i'm not immediately saying it's aliens man were they all taking the same route the same or route was it? the yeah. same route we thought it was cars we, th- yeah. we honestly thought it was cars but there was points in time where the orbs were going by that you could you could see the difference between whatever that orb was and car headlights right. yeah it's like the very distinct difference like and i imagine they had a certain specific like movement. pattern that their movement yeah. that they were yeah. doing as opposed to a car which you know you're only allowed a certain movement exactly because of the road so yeah and you can also explain how it shot out the top of the mountain and dropped down really quickly and it, it oh, was still man. it was in the air like we're trying to like wait is it just a depth thing is it on the ground but it just looks like it's in there like mm. no we confirmed after several orbs that this whatever that was was in the air so at some point i i grabbed my headlight we've been there watching this for maybe 25 30 minutes i grabbed my, my little camping headlight and i turned it on and i start flashing it at the orb hey you know just just, just to see what what happens. I mean, it, they're it, like, let's make contact. Yeah, they're like, we're trying to communicate like, oh, with this God, alien right now. Don't make contact. What are you doing? You yeah, can't we're be not taken. scared. No, aliens. They're gonna show us something. We're gonna come back and we're gonna make the tour ten times better. <laughs> okay. So right, precisely. Thank you, Ian. There it is. <laughs> I mean, come on, making contact and then That'll all of a sudden sick. your show is uh, out of this world. world right? <laughs> Not the. Fr- I mean, there, we've spotted UFOs while while playing on stage in a desert. Just a yeah. side note. Our mm-hmm. first, first, our first festival yeah. actually, and ev- and everyone in the audience saw it. Wow. And was pointing while we were playing, and we couldn't see it because we were covered. R- okay. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah. but they're we'll like, have to wait for. I want to chime in real quick and say yeah. that the couple nights before this happened were the nights that the entire band, like when we broke down the first time and we were camping out in New Mexico, we were all saying, man, I really wish we could see a UFO right now. It'd be really cool if we saw a UFO right now. This was a couple nights. In okay. New Mexico. And this, yeah. and this particular night that me and Dryden were hanging out, we were just, like you said, digesting, having like a having a beer or two, like hanging out, talking, and we were not talking about UFOs once. We did not say, man, I really wish I could see a UFO right now. So I think it's kind of ironic that it happened that night yeah. that we weren't talking about okay, it. So and yet it's commun- funny, the fact that you were in New Mexico yeah. and you were saying that, and you know, New Mexico has, has had their fair share yeah. of sightings. So I'm surprised that like nothing happened we there. But that, oh, stuff yeah. happened. What are the odds, though, that like you're talking UFO about it in New Mexico, but then it happens in another state? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
That's wild. Yeah, you don't expect it to be in Colorado. You wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. I was yeah. like, oh, New Mexico somewhere. We were like, that's why we were saying yeah, it. Yeah, everyone we're hears like, about Roswell and all that right, in New Mexico. Right. But in Colorado, it's like. That's you just got, hippies and yeah, mountains. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. But anyway, you're, some, well, you're communicating with yeah, the Yeah, so you're layer. communicating with these lights. And the, the first time I tried this now from... Our perspective, uh, these orbs were at least five to ten miles away from us, at least. So you think a little camping headlight that you use just to, you know, find your gear right in front of you, nothing could could spot that or see that where you're at. But when I clicked the light on and off, the orb went from amber to this bright white luminous color, and it got and bigger and like brighter, like you could feel it. Like, Whoa! I had, we had to shield our eyes from this. That's how intense it got. Wow. And then I remember Ian putting his arm around me and he's like, please make contact. Please make contact. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yes, yes, yes. But it seemed I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, what, what is going to happen to us tonight? Oh, my God. You know, we're watching more UFOs kind of do their thing. And then finally, uh, a little change in the scene. I hear like a noise behind us farther back in the woods. Now, there wasn't anyone camped out in that area. But when I turned around... I saw a light back there, and I felt drawn to the light. And it wasn't a light in the sky, no, it like is we were watching moments ago. Oh, now this is... It's on the ground. The, oh, okay. It's in the woods, okay. like in the campground that we're at now. Wow. So I just start walking into the woods, nonchalantly just going towards this with absolutely zero fear. I felt like there was a magnet inside me, and it was just pulling me along, and I just I felt driven to just walk towards this thing. Um, so I remember Ian trying to stop me like, no, don't go over there. Don't, what are you doing? And I, I just, I assured him that everything was going to be okay. Um, and, uh, right before that though, I started like chanting this old folklore called the Wendigo. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's the, the Algonquin, uh, tribes in Canada, uh, talked about this demonic force that uh, would come from the sky and, you know, find hunters in the dead of winter, pick up the hunters and grab them across the ground till their feet burned off and drag them into the sky and drop them. Hmm. So right as we're, like, we're walking, I'm like, I start telling you Ian just about tell me the story as we're walking towards this creepy light. He's like, hey, man, you ever heard this folklore called the, <laughs> the Wendigo? Wendigo? I'm like, what? And, and now you decide to tell me this. Right. I'm like... <laughs> Also, might I add, as I was telling this, I kind of felt something was possessing me to tell it. Hmm. I didn't feel like I was quite myself at all. I felt very odd, very strange, but I felt no fear. Hmm. I was aware that there was like some sort of otherworldly force was what it felt like taking over a bit. I was as calm, as cool as a cucumber. Hmm. Um, and so we're walking, we tell this story, and then... Time just kind of stood still for a while. Right. Kind of like a like, blink of the eye, you know, yeah. where it's just like, but you're still here, but you know a moment went by. Yeah. Time stood still, and then it went from one moment we were, you know, walk, like on this part, like by the road in the woods, and next, like we were on the uh, this other part of the road, and the wind was howling. When we were walking into the woods, it was calm. It wasn't just howling. It was like twister winds. Like, like it was like bad winds. Like it just, and it just picked up out of nowhere. It, did, well, it wasn't this was windy the, before. We noticed it. Yeah, it wasn't windy before. And oh, this wow. is like, this was the moment of time. Oh, wow. Like the, the blink. And then all of a sudden we woke up and it was roaring winds. Like Whoa. enough. 
I don't know if it was like dead trees, like they're falling over. Right. Yeah, and it was really creepy because like the branches were all the, the shadows casted from the moon were like the, there was it seemed like the trees were kind of alive and encroaching upon our being. It was really crazy. And when I came to, I was dancing uncontrollably, like movements I've never made before. Dancing, hmm. like like something I, possessed you, like to ritualistic start dancing, dancing is the ritualistic only way dance I could. of some sort. Yeah, but it was like wasn't tribal he like, alien. Ian, wasn't he like several feet away from you? Yeah, he yeah. was like we were right next to each other, like we had been the whole time. Like like yo, dude, like look at this thing <laughs> happening. Right? Yeah, and then he was definitely more than one arm's length away. Like wow. I couldn't touch him anymore. When you guys woke up. When we woke up like that moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And he was, he was dancing like yeah. Almost like side trance looking right, dancing. Yeah. Like how people dance to side trance. their music. joints and stuff. Whatever joint like you contorting, twist. Yeah. Like it was very and I, at that point I wa- I did feel fear because I was I was fearful of the time distortion. I was fearful of the fact that when we when we finally did check our phones that two hours had gone by that we couldn't account for. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was like, Ian, did we get abducted? What just happened to us? I'd never felt anything quite like that. Yeah, that's... I have no words to explain the dancing or the time loss. I can't say that it, it's it's possible, though, because a lot of people have had accounts where one minute they're doing something and then the next minute three hours or four hours have gone by and they don't recall what happened to them. Especially UFO-wise, there have been a lot of accounts uh, where people don't recall the last hour or two hours of what ha- what happened. But other people can tell you like, yeah, you were doing this and you were doing that and it made no sense. And we kind of just let you be. And then you came to, you know, so that, I mean, that's what are the odds though, that that would happen to you in Colorado out of all places too. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you what'd know? you guys, you went back to the campsite so, or so hold on when he woke up, what did you have in your hands though? When we were going over there no. before the flashlight, the flashlight. Oh, the Remember, flashlight, so we went right. over there. So naturally, if you see a light, we're gonna. He has this flashlight. We're like shining. We're like, what is his that? Headlamp. Like okay. his headlamp, the one that he was uh, shining at the other. Okay. Other orbs, and then when he woke up, he's like, he instantly was like, "Yo, Ian, oh, where's my headlamp at?" Like he didn't have, like he had it in his hand, like he was shining oh, it over there wow. for us to just be gone. able to see. It's gone. He's like, yo, I just had it right here. I'm like, he's like checking all his pockets. He had me check his pockets. I'm like, he's like, like checking the ground. We're like looking everywhere where we're standing. Like it can't be like. And it was like, nowhere like five it, feet away no, from you. It or? was, we walked back down. So where our campsite was, it was a little, the road was a little up from our campsite. So we had to walk down a little set of stairs. Okay. So as soon as we walked down into the campsite, it was sitting in Dryden's chair. Like in the arm of it. As if like it just never left. And we never went back over there until after that experience. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, after this has happened, the orbs are still coming up over the mountain. Like we went to sleep with the orbs going. Yeah. Going over the mountain and making the same movements. At some point, it's like, this is old news. We've been there, done that. Sierra's yelling at us. She's like, yo, you guys got to go to bed. Like, you guys are. I mean, I think I fell asleep and then they came back and I was like, you guys. You guys are freaking out. Yeah. You guys are so late. Like, we have to drive in the morning. Oh, wow. And were the neighbors still up? Because the neighbors are the very. No, at this point, they were already gone. No, they were in their tent when they were making those noises. So they're they're already sleeping. So we go to sleep and. you, they go to sleep. I'm like, go to sleep. And we wake up. We have an early wake up call because the girlfriend's coming to pick up Robbie to pick up the van. And Had to have been seven. Had to have been seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or eight. No, it was it was definitely six or seven. Yeah, it was it like was early, eight. like ab- yeah. like if you're camping, you are not like you are not purposely waking up at seven. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Because the game plan was to have breakfast before Robbie left, like to make the full breakfast. And then while he got picked up to pack everything up and have it packed and ready when he came with the van, load it and get out of there. But when we woke up between like six and seven, the other camp people who came super late gone, were gone. Just completely, completely picked up. You guys didn't hear them pack up. Nothing. 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 And they they got there late. Remember, they got there late. So for them to get there late and pack up. Which, at like 6 a.m., which could it happen. It could happen. Yeah. People could are traveling happen. through, yeah. whatever. It's just, just kind of like a weird thing to But I mean, we as, we as humans, we, we make a lot of noises when we when we pack stuff up. Right. You know, whether you're trying to or not, it doesn't matter. Right. We Even always the manage. Slamming of yeah, the doors slamming of the doors, and, yeah. starting a car, all that. Yeah. So the fact that you didn't hear anything or anyone, any movement at all, that's, that's a little yeah. eerie. Yeah. Wow. And that's insane. I'm going to wrap up the story here by saying that Ian found two perfect circles on his back like mole like perfect circles okay yeah this what? Is weeks after this is a couple this is like okay. maybe a week after we got home from tour so it was probably like closer to i'd say like a week and a half two weeks that you noticed it yeah this is like a week after we got home from tour so that had to have been like another four or five days still on tour so like wow. it was a week and a half from the occurrence and then dryden do you dry- think you just didn't notice it or yeah oh for sure oh. i mean maybe but the way that it was, it, it wasn't like it was a scrape. I'm like I said, I'm a skateboarder, so I like like it wasn't like it was a scrape or a scratch. It was just kind of like. And this is a week later a that, you, that you had gotten these marks on your back, or at least noticed them, or at least noticed like, them. Because I mean, them. even then, like it, to lay on something and have it imprint on your body, it goes away as time goes on. Right. So the fact that you're just now seeing it a week after all that had happened. And it's still on you is, is another eerie yeah. uh, type of thing to have. Yeah. You know when you get a shot, the way that the scab feels when you get a shot? Yeah. It's not like it's a scratch. It's just like this thing because it injected into you perfectly. That's and it's crazy. just this little like, that's, so what, do you, that's what it was. Do you think that there's a possibility of you being injected with something to lose that time and memory of that? Uh, was it the hour or two that went by that you don't recall? Maybe. I don't know if it was for that reason. I think... F- the loss of time is because we don't understand whatever dimension that they're okay. taking us like if we're going to a different dimension. A, yeah, our mainframe crashed. And oh, I found uh, it was like this red bump on my hip, which is still kind of there, actually. And since then, I, I, my, I have this rash all over my body. And my, the doctors say it's eczema. But they, it didn't really start flaring up until after that experience. That's crazy. Uh, when we drove out of there, when we finally got the van back and all was said and done, we're driving out of this Amish town. This was like something out of Children of the Corn. Do you remember all those kids on bikes, how they all just waved at us in unison as we left that town? Oh, that's creepy. That's just, it was just uh, way too perfect. It yeah, just, right, everything so about the situation was way too perfect. It doesn't end like, it though, Dryden. You had to tell you had to tell about your friend. So when we f- left finally and we got oh, yeah, to we our got show to in Denver. He had a friend who he hasn't seen who he went to college with for many years who came to see us play. Oh, nice. For the first time. And he, we told, did we tell him about it or we just told him where yeah, we came? Yeah, Dryden was telling, I'm, I'm sure Dryden was telling the story excited, the story, like, yo, yeah. this yeah. this happened last night. Yeah. Like, I feel like at this time we're kind of also still freaking out. We're like, yo, like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Matt told us that uh, there's been numerous documentaries filmed uh, around the same area that we were camped at and uh most notoriously it's known for cow mutilations and we saw all kinds of cattle over there 
Uh, and they say the mutilations can't be replicated by humans. It's like precise laser precision, and just some really weird stuff has gone on there. Fortunately, I can't remember the name. Uh, he said it was on Netflix. He gave me the mm-hmm. name, and it's eluding me right now. I really need to hit him up and get that name. I was going to say, yeah, if you ever get the chance I haven't seen any get myself. the title of it, let me know. I'd love to check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd well, for those great. of you listening, yeah, I definitely encourage you to to look into that. That's um, so crazy. <laughs> I know we're we're getting uh, short on time here, but I just wanted to go over a couple things here. The the information I looked up for Colorado uh, blew my mind actually because it's actually pretty common to see UFOs in Colorado. Gosh, two thousand one to two thousand fifteen, there have been three thousand one hundred ninety seven sightings. <sighs> Of UFOs in Colorado. That's crazy. Yeah. It gets even crazier, Ian. Uh, there's an Air Force base called Peterson Air Force Base. And in 1949, there were three Air Force personnel who witnessed disc-like flying objects over the base. And since then, people have been witnessing more lights or disc-like objects flying, not just from the base, but from where you guys are at. You're the location where you guys were camping at is one of the most popular spots to see UFOs and to have weird accounts with people who show up and disappear. So the people that showed up and making those weird noises, if I recall right, a man that I had talked to named Dan, uh, he lives in Colorado. He actually lives not that far from the campsites that where you guys were at. And he said that there was a couple, a family and another couple. And they had camped around the same time you guys had camped there um, in the fall and everything where it was closed. And they have had random neighbors show up right next to them. And they even said that there was some weird mumbling noises, almost like it wasn't Spanish. It wasn't European. It just, like you said, sound, Ian. Just these weird sounds coming out of their mouth. I got mad goosebumps. When you tell someone that, they're like, of course, oh, no, that was just people like hooking up or that's just people talking and traveling weird or like you think all these things i mean even all of us were like no this is what it is you know the theory is that if these are ufos the theory goes is that the people that show up to the campsite the neighbors the ones that are you know next to them supposedly they could be scouts and supposedly what they're doing is is that they're basically repeating back everything you're saying to their mothership, supposedly. Now, I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying it's not true. But again, there have been multiple witness accounts that these voices or these weird inflections and voices of these campers next to them. And then all of a sudden they wake up eight o'clock, nine o'clock. It's like there was no fire in the first place. There was no car noise to take off. And there's no area that shows that they had to put down stakes for a tent. Mm. So you guys have had the same experience that oh. everybody else has had. In fact, Wonderful. the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Reserve has had more than 60 sightings of UFOs right there in that spot. And then the dunes itself in Colorado, actually Colorado itself, has had about over 3,000 sightings of UFOs. Wow. I mean, yeah. we were north of the dunes, but that's what if that's, that's still pretty, that was the area yeah, we were all in. I yeah. Mean, so, <laughs> I mean, you guys may have had just wow. had your own personal... Uh, a conundrum? A conundrum, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> conundrum. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, guys. <laughs> well, so that's going to do it for me today 
here on Into the Void. I want to thank Blooming Fire so much for coming on. And Sierra, if you could just give us the announcement of the tours and your, what you guys are playing at one more time, just for sure. our listeners. Well, if you want to find any information on us, we have a website. It's just bloomingfiremusic.com. Um, you can find us on any social media just under Blooming Fire. We're also on iTunes and Spotify. And then stay tuned. We have lots of beach cleanups coming up and definitely more LA shows. And then we'll be probably, you know, booking our next tour for maybe the fall again. Ooh. <laughs> Hope you guys go back to Colorado. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be. Awesome. <laughs> well, also, I just want to say if you guys like this episode and you want to leave a comment, go ahead and leave your comments on our Instagram at voidpodcast18. We also have a Facebook at podparanormal87 and our Twitter page at nightwingsilver. And with that, I'm G-Man, and I want to thank you for following with me into the void. We'll catch you next time. Oh, my God.